Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Let me pray and then we're going to dive into God's Word. Lord God, thank you for your Word. Thank you that it's, it's powerful. Your words are different to other words, Lord. And we ask that they would be planted deep in our hearts, in my heart today, Lord God. Plant your Word in me. And God, do all the things that you're wanting to do. I submit my life and make my life good soil for you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we've been uh, doing a series called The Pilgrim's Progress. The idea is that a book was written where a man tried to summarize the whole of the Christian life in one story called The Pilgrim's Progress. And he talked about a man called Christian who came out of the city of destruction and eventually ended up in the celestial city. And it occurred to me, I wonder if there are stories in the Bible where it summarizes the whole of our Christian life in one story. Because often we look at one aspect of our Christian life, and that's good and that's helpful. But maybe there is the big picture all in one story. Let's look for those. And so in the first week we spoke about the Israelites coming out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land. And that was really a brilliant summary of the whole of our Christian life. And now there's a parable that Jesus told in Matthew 13, in Mark 4, and in Luke 8, called the parable of the sower. And that parable summarizes the whole Christian life in one parable. And in fact, it is the most important parable because Jesus said to his disciples when they came to him, in Mark 4, and they said, Lord, what is this all about? He said, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. So the parable of the sower is almost like the key that unlocks all of the parables. If we get this one, we can understand all the others. If we don't get this one, we can't understand all the others. And that's why I believe it is an excellent allegory or picture in one story of the whole of our Christian life. So the parable starts with a man, a, a farmer, throwing seed into the field because he wants to produce a harvest. God is the sower. He's throwing the seed, which is his word. And this is the, I'm going to just summarize it in one sentence for you right at the start so that you can log this into your brain. This is the summary sentence. God's word planted in my heart cleared of competition will produce a supernatural harvest let me say that again god's word planted in my heart cleared of competition will produce a supernatural harvest and the story is the farmer goes out he throws the seed but some of it falls on poor soil hard soil some of it on shallow soil some of it on soil that has something else growing already in it but then the good soil produces a harvest 30 60 or a hundred times what was sown and this is probably a parable you've heard before but i want to say to you let's relook at it because there are some truths in here that i really believe will help you let me ask you a question to start off with are there any parts of the christian life all of god's good plans that he has for you are there any parts that you are not walking fully in yet? Perhaps it's God's promises about provision, about health, about guidance, uh, about relationships, about peace, 
about character, about all the good things that God has for you, your connection with Him, listening to His voice. Uh, maybe there's problems in your character where you say, why do I react like that? Why am I struggling like that? Why do I not have peace? Is there any area of the Christian life, that great plan that God has for you, that you feel you are not fully walking in yet? And if there is, you see, we sometimes think, I must run around, I must get this answer, I must try that. Maybe the problem's with that, or with me, or with something else. But the answer is in this parable. If we can find God's Word and plant it properly in our hearts, and clear it of competition, it will produce the supernatural results, the harvest that God wants for your life. God wants good things for you and me, brother and sister. He really does. He really, really does. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's got a plan for you. We're told in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that he's prepared good works in advance for you to do. We're told that all the days that he's ordained for you were written in his book before you were even born. He's got a good plan. He's got a, a picture in his mind of how you could be in yourself and in your relations with the rest of the world. But this is how we get there. God's word. It's got to be God's word. Planted properly in my heart. Cleared of competition. Will produce that supernatural harvest. I can testify to that. I can testify that every single change that God has made in my life, and let me tell you, there have been a lot of them. I started off as an insecure, messed up young boy, and God, I'm not perfect yet, but God has changed me dramatically, drastically. He's fixed me up. He's knocked off the hard edges. He's put in things that weren't there before. He's rearranged my life, and I can honestly say, the righteousness, the peace, and the joy that is the kingdom of God are hugely at work in my life, much more than they were before. And I work backwards and I say, how did this happen? And it's always this, God's word planted deep in my heart, cleared of competition, produces that supernatural harvest. I know it sounds simple, but please, please hear me. This is a foundational parable. It really is the key that unlocks a whole lot of our Christian life. So let's read it together. Matthew chapter 4 verse 3. Then he spoke great many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. God is throwing out his word all the time. Even today, even today, this parable is happening right now. Not Greg speaking. God is throwing out seed which can change our lives. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. That means a path where people walk, and so the ground becomes compacted and hard. And the birds came and devoured them. You know that the devil is waiting to steal God's word from your heart, even today. But it's easy to stop him. We just need to soften our hearts and say, God, I want your word. It goes on to say, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. So this is soil where there is an immediate response to God's word, but it's not deep enough. And so when there's a trial or a tribulation sometime in the future, then that 
uh, seed dies. <clears throat> Verse 7, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked the seeds. It's possible for us to hear God's word, we receive it properly, we allow it to go deep into our hearts, we do all the right things, but there is something else growing in our hearts called a thorn or a weed which chokes God's word. And so that's why I say cleared of competition. If we can get rid of those other seeds that are growing, those lies that are competing with God's word, for many of us, we have received God's words, but we've also received lies from the enemy, from the world around us, and the two choke each other out. And so we do not see the benefit of God's word. That's the third soil. And then the last one, but other seed fell on good ground, yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to these people in parables? Why don't you just speak plainly? And Jesus explains that their hearts are hard. In verse 15, he says, the hearts of this people have grown dull or hardened or calloused. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. He said the problem is this, these people's hearts are like the wayside. The, you remember the first soil, the path, which is hard. And so I speak to them in parables. Why? So that they will have to work a little bit to understand. Let me explain that. Jesus did not go directly to the people and say, you need to do this, 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 and this. He spoke in a story that they could ignore. They could say, oh yes, I've heard that before, and I've heard this other story, and there's this wonderful TV show on tonight, and I'm looking at this stuff on Facebook, and there's this thing, and oh yes, the Word of God, it, it doesn't really grab me. But he said, if you want to receive God's word, you need to prioritize it above other things. You need to press through a little bit and say, God, I really want to hear what you have to say. And so I'm working to understand this parable. It's not plain to me until I say, God, your word is more important to me than all these other things going on in my life. And so that's the first soil. Let's just read the explanation. He said, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. There's no problem with the seed or the message. It is understandable, but I need to say, God, I really want your word. So can I ask, this is the first point or the first challenge for us. When we hear God's word, do we prioritize it above all the other messages that we're hearing in the world? Do we say, God, your word is actually something supernatural? It, it's something that is more precious and more powerful, and it has the potential to save me and to help me? Do I put it on a higher place, a higher platform, than I do all the other ideas and thoughts and entertainments and distractions that are coming in my life? Or do I say, well, I watched a show and the actor was quite good. And then I watched something on TV and the speaker was okay. And then I watched this other person singing and their voice was a little bit weird. And then I heard God's word and I didn't quite like the way the preacher put it. Do you see what I'm saying? If we put it on the same platform, on the same level as everything else, 
Jesus said, you won't get it because you're, you're judging the word instead of allowing the word to judge you. We've got to come with the right posture. That's what I'm saying. James 1 verse 21 says, we must receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. We've got to come in a place of humility where I say, God, your word is more important and it must judge me. I'm not going to judge it. And so that's the first one. Are we like the people who Jesus was speaking to? You know, the disciples heard Jesus' parable and it changed their lives. But there were another 50 people, maybe a thousand people, I don't know, who heard the same parable and it didn't change their lives. What's the difference? Is the word any different? No, it's the same. But some of them were saying, God, I want your word. So the first challenge is when I hear God's word, do I want God's word to change me? Or am I judging it? Am I criticizing it? Am I guarding my heart and being, becoming calloused? The other thing is, every time I hear God's word, if I don't allow it to change me, what happens is it's like those footsteps on the path. Every single time I hear God's word and I don't allow it to penetrate deep and, and judge me and cut me to the heart, like the Bible says, then my heart becomes even more compacted and calloused. And so, you know, if, if a person comes to our church for a year or two and they're not being changed by the Lord, they're still sitting there and they're saying, oh, I don't know about this Christianity. Sometimes I'll draw them aside and I'll say, my dear friend, I think it's better if you're not going to make a decision one way or another. I think it's better for you to not listen to God's word anymore until you're desperate. Because the more we hear and we don't respond, our hearts get harder. Now, I know this is challenging, but I want to say to you, friend, brother or sister, this is life-changing stuff. It's, it is important. It's like heart surgery. It's, it really is so important. We've got to value God's word. We've got to come and say, God, your word is not just another entertainment to me. The ideas that I'm hearing are not just human words. They are the words of God. And so I've got to, I've got to choose to receive it. That's why I don't listen to a hundred different preachers, to be honest with you. I'm careful about who I listen to because I want to respond properly when I hear God's word. I don't want to become a critical hearer, a person who says, oh, I don't like that and I don't like that because there's a risk that my heart becomes calloused. I want to be a person that every time I hear the person speak God's word, I'm not listening to him and I'm not wanting him to tell me his opinion or his story of life. I want to hear the seed, which is the word of God coming from him. And I want to trust that person so that I can open my heart and say, Lord, let your word speak to me. So Lord Jesus, please help us to not be the first soil. Please help us to have a soft heart. Please help us to not be critical and not be trying to get our ears tickled by messages that, that please our desires, but rather, Lord, let us be judged and changed by your word. Let your word be a, a scalpel that cuts deep to heal and to produce a harvest. In Jesus' name. Amen. So then he says, there's shallow soil. And what this is, is somebody, he says, who receives the word and immediately responds with joy. I was in a Reinhard Bonnke crusade when I was about 15 years old. Have you heard of Reinhard Bonnke? He's a great evangelist. Millions and millions of people have been saved. And he preached a simple gospel message. And I went up to the front and I said, I want to become a Christian. And I remember dancing with joy. I had this amazing exuberant joy 
in my heart, singing and dancing at the front of this meeting, but I had not counted the cost. I hadn't said, I'm really willing to follow you, God, no matter what, even if my friends don't like me, even if there's consequences. I was just responding with joy. I hadn't thought it through, and I hadn't made a deep decision in my heart. I was just saying, woohoo, this sounds great. And as a result, I fell away. And two years later, I gave my life properly to the Lord. And I believe there's many of us in this modern day and age where it's just everything's nicely packaged and sugar-coated and it's so nice it's easy for us to respond with joy to god's word but listen please we haven't counted the cost we haven't let the the word of god plant deeply in our hearts where we say god even if this is hard even if this costs me even if my friends reject me even if there's some difficult choices ahead your word is so precious that i want it and that harvest is so wonderful that i'm willing to make a deep decision if we do that then the seed goes deeply into our hearts i'm not saying the joy is wrong the joy is wonderful but all i'm saying is let's now think about it a bit more and say lord i really am deciding about this that's the reason whenever we preach from this platform at the end we say what is God saying to you and what do you need to decide to do as a result because we want people to engage not just their emotions but their minds and their wills and say let that seed go deeply into my heart friend if you'll let God's Word get planted deep in your heart every time you hear a message if you say God what does this really mean I'm willing to commit to this no matter what thick or thin even if no one comes with me still i'm going for this if you do that what happens is that seed gets so deep that it cannot be uprooted and it produces an amazing harvest that's the second soil challenge are you are you okay with that you say oh gee i, I don't know how do i know if i'm if i'm just responding with joy or if i'm really listening all you have to do is say lord in five years time i want to still be responding to this word what does that mean for me what cost am i willing to pay to to believe this word because anything that's worth something costs something you know the gospel is free but we give our whole lives to receive it jesus paid the price so that we could have it freely but it costs us everything and if we say, I want just a little bit of the gospel, but I don't want to give up this and this and this and this, he says, you'll only get a very shallow seed and the, the fruit that's produced will be minimal. Or when a time of testing, the sunshine comes, which is supposed to produce life, when that testing comes, there's a chance that you'll give up your Christianity. It's, it's a simple thing. Lord, I'm wanting to engage my mind and my will as well as my emotions. That's the second type of soil. The third one is... Uh, soil that already had seeds in it of thorns and weeds and he describes what those are so he says in verse 22 now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world that means worries and fears so there's a seed that's in your heart that is one of worry and fear I wonder if you can relate to this you know the world is all about saying what if the worst happens you're going to be struggling you're going to be poor people won't like you you're going to get 
sick, you're going to die, you've got to worry, 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 fear, 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 plan ahead, think ahead, worry, fear, worry, fear. And those are seeds that compete with the Word of God. <laughs> so God's Word comes in and He says, I love you, I have a good plan for your life, I have a spouse for you, I have provision for you, I have a, a ministry for you to do, I have purpose, joy, fulfillment, I have everything for you. If you don't root out the worries about the future, the two will compete and God's Word will not produce fruit in your life. I'm challenged by that, are you? You say, how do I root it out? You make a decision. When you hear God's Word, you say, I used to believe a lie that said, if I don't do all these things, then bad things will happen. I am choosing today to get rid of that lie, and I'm embracing the seed of God's Word that God says He has good plans for me. He will never leave me or forsake me. Do you see that? There's a competing thing. So it says the cares of this world. It says the deceitfulness of riches. It's talking about lies, deceit. There's always a twisted half-truth or mistruth that the world tells you about every single thing God's Word says. The devil in the world gives you a, a different version that is not true. And you've got to say, what is the lie that I've believed that is different to what I've just heard from God's Word? And I'm choosing to get rid of that lie. The devil comes to Jesus and he says, um, if you will just do this, bow down and worship me, then I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Jesus could have received that lie, but he said, no, no, I already have a seed of God's word. It is written, worship the Lord your God and him alone. And he got rid of the lie so that the seed could produce fruit. Friend, every good seed, every blessing, every promise, everything that God wants for you, there is a lie that is probably a seed in your heart that you have to uproot and throw out. And again, that's why every time we preach at the end of the sermon, we say, what do you have to do in response to this word? And often it's saying, God, I'm getting rid of that lie that I believe that other people have told me, that the world has told me, that maybe my family have told me. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm rooting the lie out because if I leave it in there, you may have God's word, but this other lie will stop the fruit from being produced. And then the third thing, a, a thorny seed, is Matthew 19. It says the desires for other things. There's a seed that says you will not be fulfilled, you will not be happy, you will not have all your needs met if you only follow God. Go for this other thing, this um, whatever it is, position, uh, fame, um, pleasure, addiction, whatever it is, overeating, under eating, whatever it is, there's always a desire for other things that is a seed that the word has put in. And I've got to say, I'm choosing to believe that God's will is best for me and my desires and needs will be fully met by God and not by going the world's way. And I'm uprooting that desire. So there's a lie, there's a worry, and there's a desire that are all false seeds that will choke the Word of God. And we have to, when we receive God's Word, we say, Lord, make my, my heart soft. I want to receive your Word. But now I'm getting rid of those lies. And it's called repentance. The word repentance in Greek is metanoia, which simply means change your mind. It means throw out the lie that is a, a thorny seed in my life. Is that okay? So the Word of God planted in my heart, cleared of competition, and competition just means lies from the world. The Word of God planted in my heart, cleared of competition, 
will produce a supernatural harvest. It will. In Luke's version of this parable, he says, if you allow God's word to grow with patience, sometimes there's a waiting period. You know, when, you, when a farmer plants a seed, there's usually a waiting period where he doesn't know, is it growing? Is it producing a harvest? I, I am seeing things in my life producing fruit today, and I, I've been challenged by this recently to think back, when was that seed planted? And sometimes it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, the seed of God's word was planted, and I'm seeing the fruit in peace, in joy, not having to strive, not having to worry, not having to fear, having the ability to have honest, wholesome relationships. That is fruitfulness that I'm seeing today because God's word was planted in my heart 20 years ago. Right, I need to wrap this up. God's word is the seed. We've got to love God's word. You know, in 2 Timothy 4, Paul is talking to little Timothy, his protege, and he says, preach the word. Not, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. He could have said, don't preach clever illustrations. Don't preach your opinions. Don't preach man's wisdom. Don't preach psychology or anything. Preach the word. Because a time will come when people turn aside from the truth, they gather a great many teachers who will tell them things that will tickle their itchy ears that are going after their own desires. They, no, they don't want the truth anymore. They want everything that makes them feel good. But the Word is the seed. We've got to get the Word. We've got to get God's Word and we've got to love it. Listen, I'm okay with people giving their opinions and illustrations and experiences. I do it. When I preach, I will tell you, this happened to me, and this is an illustration, and what about this? But that's not going to help you. That's not a seed. It's all to point you towards the Word of God. We've got to get it. Amen? We've got to get the Word of God. We've got to get it in our hearts. Secondly, the Word of God is a seed. You know... There are millions and millions of tons of tomatoes grown and consumed in Europe and the Far East and Africa and Australia and North America. There are millions and millions of tomatoes. It's one of the most popular crops in the world. And they all came from one tomato that was brought by a man from Mexico in the Middle Ages. One. And he planted it, and it produced some tomatoes, and they planted the seeds of those, and they produced some the, the power of a seed, the multiplication possibility of a seed, is endless. We need to expand and stretch our thinking and realize that God's Word can produce supernatural harvests. You know, Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or imagine. Now let me just challenge you on that. How much could you ask God for? You think, well, I could ask Him for quite a bit. All that you could ask. What about how much could you imagine God could do for you? Well, I could imagine quite a bit, actually. 
that verse says that no matter how much you could ask or how much you could imagine, God is able to do not just a little more than that, exceedingly, abundantly above all of that that you could ask or imagine. We need to understand that the seed is, God, is amazing. The potential in God's Word is incredible. We need to desire it. We need to say, I'm, I'm done with trying to get answers from all these different places and psychology books and all these different clever people. I just need God's Word and I'm going to get it planted deep in my heart. I'm going to be soft soil. I'm going to listen to God's Word. I'm going to receive with meekness the implanted Word that is able to save my soul. And then I'm just going to allow with patience. I'm going to just keep thanking Him for it. Even if it's two years, five years, ten years down the line, I'm just going to stay plugged in. I'm not going to allow these other weeds and thorns to come and, and take me off track. I'm just going to thank God that His Word is working in my heart. And I'm going to challenge you now with two challenges. The first one is to say, think back where you were with Christ a year ago or two years ago. What has God done for you and in you and through you in the last year? Trusting Him more. Your character, peace in your heart, relationships restored. Perhaps it's job opportunities. Uh, perhaps it's achievements. Perhaps he's restored things in your family. Perhaps it's physical healing or emotional healing. Look at what God has done. Be encouraged. Don't always say, oh, I've got so far to go. Look how far you've come. And I want to say it was all because a seed, a word, was planted in your heart. That's why. It was because you got a word from the Bible and you allowed it in to your heart. That's the first thing I want you to think about. The second is, which of those amazing things that God wants to do in your life do you feel that you're missing or that you're lacking? What is it? Out of all God's good and perfect purposes and plans for you, what is missing? What would you like of God that you don't have right now? Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's financial freedom. Maybe it's a relationship issue. What, what is missing out of all those great plans and purposes God has for you, what is missing? I'm, I'm really wanting you to think about this and say, it's this. That's the thing that I'm lacking. Now, what Bible verses, or even one verse, can you get into your heart? Like medicine, like food. Take it into your heart and say, Lord, I'm wanting this to be planted and take root inside of me. What verse can you take in and start meditating on and allowing it to produce harvest in your life? And then what do you need to root out? What lies have you believed that you need to get rid of? And if you'll do that with patience, when we do this talk in a year's time or another talk and we say, what has God done in the last year? You'll look back and you'll say, wow, look what God has done. Because I allowed God's Word, let me say it one last time, God's Word planted in my heart, cleared of competition, will produce a supernatural harvest. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, each of us has thought about areas in our lives where 
we need to grow or we need to develop or something is lacking or not quite right and we we've thought about a bible verse lord god i pray today that that seed would go deep into our hearts lord we know that the seed has amazing power and today i thank you god that if we just rest as we just rest in your presence and allow that seed to start to germinate and grow we are going to see amazing things happening in our lives starting from today we thank you we thank you for it we trust you for it in jesus name amen thanks for listening please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on itunes please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.